Hello and welcome back to the Key Arsenal podcast. It's episode 61 today. I'm delighted to be joined by two lovely co-hosts this week. We've got Dad and Madeline. How are we both doing? Good, thanks. Good, thank you. Good, good. Carl has um, birthday party arrangements this week, so he can't can't be with us um, today. Hopefully, be back to the full contingent next week. But yeah, we've had another week, another three points, which we're going to get into um, very shortly. But it's almost about we're almost looking ahead more than more than anything this week. But we will get into all of it later. Dad, let's start with you. You had the um, pleasure of attending at the weekend. Um, very good atmosphere again, as usual. Uh, started off really well. Well, this is going to be a nice, comfortable afternoon. Didn't end like that. But as you said to me afterwards, you'd have taken 2-1 before the game started and it was all about those three points. Yep. Um, actually, the atmosphere was pretty good till part of the way through the second half. Um, then it went a bit quiet. And I think the concern of the crowd, and what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Got to the players on on the pitch. Um, yeah, started well. Eddie, whoa, what a what a man. Um, and then I don't know what happened. I genuinely do not know what happened in the second half. We should have been gone home out of sight. I was sitting next to Carl, going, "I'd take Gabriel off, stick Tommy Asu at." Centre half, bring Tavares on, no problem. They've only got ten. <sighs> yeah, and then spent however long concerned that we'd hang on. Unfortunate because we conceded our first goal from a corner all season, but it was inevitable in the end it would happen. But um, just, we just lacked any intensity in the second half. I think. I don't know what was said at halftime, whether they came out and thought, well, they've only got 10, we can just, I've no idea, Matthew, but it was very, second half was very disappointing. Yeah, because I saw a lot of people afterwards say, um, oh, the, the red card changed the game, but I actually thought for those 15 minutes after Luke Aylin got sent off, quite rightly as well, if I point out, um, <laughs> that... It looked like again we were just going to keep keep creating chances and score goals, which we did. But then second half just didn't turn up at all. Do you think that was? Do you think that was the players maybe looking ahead to to Thursday? Maybe just getting, I think the, getting it's the a bit of message. a lack of maturity in the in the side. I think they've gone out. They put a decent shift in to start with, and I think they thought. They've got 10 men. This will be easy. Took their foot off the gas a bit. Stopped doing all the things they were doing to start with. And Leeds got a bit of a foothold in the game. And I think for Leeds, it was, well, we've got nothing to lose. And I mean, even with 10 men, they worked really, really hard. But um, yeah, I think we just stopped doing all the things we were been doing well to start with. Go on, Madeline. 
I think there was there was probably part in there of maybe not wanting to not play a full 90 against Spurs, maybe. Um, maybe after seeing a challenge on Gabby, like the one that Ailing put in, maybe thinking I'd rather not be on the one, end of one of them. Um, but yeah, overall, I think, I don't know if you've watched bench cam, but there's a lot of Arteta looking quite frustrated on the bench, um, even even at 2-0 up. Um, and yeah, I think just, we sort of, we got out of a rhythm at halftime, I think, and and they managed to find a rhythm and, um, and, and I, I guess, I didn't feel nervous until they'd obviously scored because they just didn't look like scoring. Um, but it's one of those things where maybe we've learned now that we can't take our foot off the gas, but we've come away with three points because, yeah, I, th- I think one, the most important thing was three points. Two, the most important thing was no one gets sent off because there were it was looking like a game that maybe the Leeds players could have wound one or two of ours up um, at one point. And, you know, I think that could have... Maybe maybe there was a message in the dressing room of calm it all down and they, they took it a little bit too far and calmed it down a little bit too much. But I don't know. Yeah, that was certainly true because they did, did look like once they'd had a link sent off, they decided that the only way they were going to get back into it was getting one of ours sent off, which they clearly tried very hard to do. Um, Click, Dan James, just a couple that really tried to tried to wind us up. And to be fair, apart from a little Granite Jacko moment, which was completely understandable, um, they the boys kept their cool. Um, so let, let's go back to the when it was going well then, Dad. And you've mentioned him already, but Eddie Nketiah, um, two goals for him and certainly one that you would say Lacazette would never, ever have scored. I'd have probably actually said the first one, definitely, Lacker wasn't. That's not a Lacker goal. He hadn't got the legs to close someone down that quick. Um, second one quite interesting because Nketiah pulls out oh, sort of towards the penalty spot whereas Lacquer tends to make that near post run so I'm not saying he wouldn't have scored it but I don't I don't actually see either of them as Lacazette goals um, so fair play to Eddie shame he's going to go to Palace If you just want want to come in on that, Madeline, obviously striker, you you know all about all about those sort of positions. Talk to me about pressing pressing hard on the goalkeeper and then knowing when to when to pull out and find find the space when you're in that that sort of position. First of all, I'd like to add that I'm now not a striker. I am in fact a central midfielder. Um, but no, I think. There's a lesson in there, I guess, of closing down, not necessarily just the goalkeeper, but anyone. Um, 
because Melier's touch wasn't even that bad. Um, it wasn't great, but it wasn't, uh, oh, you immediately thought that's a really, really bad touch. You know, it wasn't one of them where you've seen keepers, the touch has gone too far out of their feet and they're, you know, stretching really, really far to get it. Um, it's a lesson in there for keepers of being careful, but I think it, I'd probably say it's a very edgy goal. Um, I think Aubameyang scored one like that at Watford a few years ago. Yeah, it was Watford. And he actually said that that was one of his favourite goals because he tried that quite a lot um, and it doesn't come off very often. But no, like, like you said, no attack on Lacazette, but he probably just wouldn't have quite got there quick enough. Um, but that that pressure on a goalkeeper early on, even if you don't score, just the keeper knowing they've not got any time, any space to be able to pick the pass they want to, I think is probably the most important thing. Um, and the fact that you've got a goal out of it almost straight away is a bonus. Um, and obviously unsettled him, unsettled them, got got the crowd going even more um, and, and set Eddie off for a really good performance. So full credit to him for closing down because he was on his own. No one else was following him in, in the closing down of the goalkeeper. Uh, but yeah, full, full, full credit. Yeah, you mentioned the Aubameyang one. I don't know if you remember as well, but um, start of COVID, well, start of COVID football against Southampton away, he had one similar to that where the goalkeeper was actually a fair way out of it. It was about the edge of the box where Eddie closed him down and won it back. So that was that was his um, first goal for us in the league, I think. So yeah, he has he has a bit of history doing that, and you say a very Eddie goal. And you can see, Dad, that from that, perhaps, well, perhaps not just the goal, but his performances recently, his confidence just looks so, so, so I think decisive is a good word for it, actually. So decisive in his play. And that really showed with a with a tidy finish on, on his left foot for the second one. Yeah, like I say, he, he, he sort of, was in the box, he pulled back somewhere near the penalty box. Good finish, very composed. I'm not sure he'd have done that four or five games ago, that composed. Obviously helps when you've scored one earlier on in the game, but yep, nice composed finish. Gave your keeper no chance. So yeah, I quite liked it. And I said he, he pulled away well. Tidy finish. Yeah, and you're certainly right about him not maybe not sticking it away a couple of months ago. There's a couple we can pick out. Uh, one at Everton and I think one at Liverpool as well, where sort of guilt edge chances that you'd think now he would he would put away, but it's just just the player playing with confidence at the minute, which is is what we want to see. And you've got to say, Dad, for that sort of first 25 minutes, half an hour, well, just the first half in general, really, some of the football we were playing was free-flowing, confident, and other than Nketiah, players like uh, Martinelli and Erdegaard, sort of in the middle of it all, Erdegaard with some some lovely little touches in there. Yep. 
Odegaard looked, he did have some lovely touches. Martinelli's another one, just needs a goal. Several I'm, good chances. and I have to have, well, on the ball, he looked as threatening as he's had done for ages. But, yeah, finishing-wise, could have could have done with some work should have stuck a couple of those away one at the start of the second half yeah where he had it well lovely little touch and then just blast over just needed a bit of composure to probably just pass that in yep yep Uh, any worries at the back for you, Dad? Any well, other than the goal we conceded, no concerns big, over Big Rob. Big Rob, Big Rob was very good. Um, I don't know if Ben White's back in training. Would be nice to think he'd be available Thursday because I think we do need him. A little bit more pace than Rob. Probably I've got more pace than Rob, but um, Tommy very steady. Quite an interesting move to stick him on the left. Wouldn't be upset if we did that on Thursday night. Uh, Cedric was quite Cedric with some of his crosses. Overall, not bad though. And Gabriel, other than a stupid booking. Um, he was he was tidy, and in fairness, Ramsdale. What did he make? Well, he hadn't actually hadn't made a save of any sort till they scored. Probably made one after that. And so the the slightly concerning bit was the fact he's hanging on to the ball at the end when he's caught it, and say so should have been six up and out of sight. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, let's talk about that that Tommy Asu thing then. So when I, I was speaking to you, wasn't I, Madeline, on the on the phone, and we saw saw that team news. You said, "Oh, Cedric's playing." I thought Oop. that obviously means Tommy Asu isn't playing. And then when I looked on Twitter, I actually realised that Tommy Asu was playing, and I, I just assumed it'd be it'd be Cedric at left back and Tommy at right back. I didn't even consider the fact that Tommy might be playing. At, at, um left back, whether it was to cover for Rafinha, who's a pretty good player, didn't really show it on uh, Sunday, it must be said. He sort of had a bit of a poor attitude and completely lost his head after the red card. But that that seemed, seemed to work pretty well, Madeleine, little experiment. And whether that was with Rafinha on mind or maybe looking ahead to ahead at the bigger picture. Yeah, I think um, definitely for me, as I've thought about it since, I think maybe we could see on Thursday a, a case where Tommy Asu almost just follows Son round the pitch. Um, that classic uh, under 12, your coach says to you, I don't care where they go, you're following them. Um, and obviously Cedric has played at left back before, so if he were to have to end up over there. Um, it wouldn't be the end of the world if, if Son came over to the other side. But I think everyone would feel probably a lot more settled 
um, were at Tomiyasu on Son rather than Cedric. No offence to him, but he does look like he's treading water at times when he runs back. There was one point in the second half where rather than heading the ball, which was at perfect head height for him, he decided to sort of leap and take the ball in the air with the side of his foot, at which point I did see Arteta nearly kick half of the Emirates up in the air. Um, but I think Tommy Asu obviously did a job on Rafinha, um, who admittedly was somehow extremely worked up after that red card. Um, but no, I think I was probably looking ahead to one uh, short-term model of Sunday and Thursday and then maybe long-term of to whether it can get us through to the end of the season. Um, and Arteta spoke about Tommy Asu's versatility and how he can play it centre-back, left-back, right-back. Um, so it's good. Um, Foy did a good job as well. Didn't didn't really look like a bloke who had had that long out. Um, and, and hopefully can do a similar job for us on Thursday. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly looked very settled since going back in the team. He, he, as you say, he doesn't look like someone that was out for a well fairly long period of time with with an injury which is obviously good to see but yeah it was it was an interesting one because i i don't know what it was like from where you were sitting dad but as soon as that tackle went in from um luke aylin i thought oh that's that's a red card all day of the week surely i don't oh well i was firstly surprised that um, it wasn't a red to start with, but then I don't know why I was. But um, I've, I've said I'm um, even more surprised. I haven't seen anyone complaining about it and saying it wasn't a red either. So it must have been. I have to say where I was sitting, I didn't have the best view. And obviously they don't show the controversial moments. Um, where I was sitting, it did look a bit, wow, he's gone flying in there. I couldn't, I couldn't obviously see how close Gabriel was to the touchline, but I sort of thought, well, he looks like he's just kept that in. Um, and we're having seen it again. I mean, it, it, there's no question in my mind it was a red card. Um, I think, I think I was more shocked at the time in, with Rafinha's reaction because he was chasing round after the referee. And I don't know how much you could see on the telly, but um, you could see the Arsenal bench get up even before he start, started walking over properly. And you could see the Leeds bench trying to counteract that reaction. I mean, I was I was really surprised with Rafinha because I, I I thought at one point he, you are so close to going, so they could have been down to nine. I would not have been surprised because he had lost his head completely. Yeah, I don't know whether it was. Um, Gabby did put him on his arse about five minutes before that, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. You right, he just com completely lost it even before well even yeah. when they said he was going to the the monster and it does normally mean they're gonna 
it's been recommended they change their decision. Yeah. They don't have to, but even then he completely lost his head and sort of chased off the ref. And you, oh dear. But yeah, I'd, it's interesting what you mentioned there because about the bench because it happened against United as well when the penalty decision. You just watch yeah. Arteta as sort of in the background in the referee's ear, giving yeah. it giving it a couple of words. It's a bit of with gamesmanship that we've introduced there, which admittedly we probably wouldn't be a fan of if it was the other team. But to be fair, everyone else does it. So, yep, it's a. Uh, why, why shouldn't we sort of situation almost? Yeah. I, mean, I, I suppose when we when Arteta talks about being a bit more tactically now, yeah. that it, it sort of reflects on the, on the bench as well. Yep. So I, was, I was just sitting where I was sitting thinking, Rafinha, if you don't stop very quickly, you're going to be gone. And I was actually surprised that he stayed on the Obviously, they substituted him. I was also yep. very warm by this point because I'd gone in with my hoodie on and I was sitting in the sun, so I was quite warm. But me being me, I couldn't take my hoodie off, so... Obviously not. Yeah, I, so I was I was quite surprised they didn't take him off either when they... I think there's that, that girl heart bloke, wasn't it? They, they took yeah. off in the end, felt a bit sorry for him. But one of ours was trying to, was trying to calm Rafinha down as well and he just, he just yeah. wasn't having any of it. He, he almost seemed determined to get sent off. And I... Having lost Luke Aylin, who's quite an important player for him, and Everton winning as well, that would have been the last thing they needed. Yes. Yes, definitely. They might struggle based on their goal difference, though. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's not brilliant, I have to say. No. Okay, so we'll going to get into the game on Thursday very shortly but just before we do a bit of positive news that also came out this weekend other than of course Tottenham drawing to Liverpool which although we'd have liked Liverpool to win still sort of give us that two game buffer is that we've managed to secure fifth at the very least um we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago dad that we'd secured yeah. six and in, in a Europa League spot but that's that's now fifth secured, so that's three places at least higher than than last year, and confirms what we all sort of thought would happen a couple of weeks ago that we're going to finish above a Manchester United team that, let's be honest, on paper looks a lot stronger than ours and certainly has a lot more squad depth than us. Yep, absolutely correct. Which you and I have had this conversation many times. If you'd have offered me fifth before the season started, never mind after the first three games, I'd have absolutely ripped your hand off. Um, it has a different feeling now, but because you want to finish fourth or third. In fairness, I, I don't see Leeds beating Chelsea. Is that tomorrow? can't remember. Yeah, that is also at Stamford Bridge as well. Yeah, I, I, I don't see Leeds I think if they were at home, I'd give them, I'd give them a shout, but yeah. not so sure away. No. So yeah, fifth is the worst. We're a few points better than we were last season. We're several positions better. You'd probably say that's an improvement. 
Probably Madeline. Yeah, go on, Madeline. Have your say on that fifth fifth place in the league. Uh, you'd have taken that at the start of the season, wouldn't you? I can't. Did you predict us to come fifth? Actually, I can't remember. You were very optimistic. Uh, no. If you actually look at my table of predictions, I think I predicted us to come about seventh. Um, but now I think it's obviously one. The loss to Brighton looks less and less outlandish every day. Um, having now your two probably closest rivals now also lost to them. Um, but I think now I think at the start of the season you would have taken fifth. Now, I wouldn't take fifth, um, but I think it's a, again, I'll go back to it, it's a lesson of how to source your players and not just source players based off that bloke's good, but source them off, they're going to fit well into a system and maybe something to bear in mind going into the summer um and making sure that players properly fit a team rather than having a team full of some lovely lovely superstars who might not all work together to play in exactly the same way um but i think yeah as you say fifth being the lowest you can finish can't be a bad thing, um, especially with still three games to go. Um, and ha- again, having that little bit of a buffer to that lot down the road um, is also quite nice. But ultimately, I think if we sit here in three games time and we finish fifth, there's going to be a half. The only way you'd be able to justify it is at the start of the season we would have taken this. But if we finish fifth now, I'll be gutted, to say the least. Um, yeah, I think gutted and, is is the correct word. And I, although I don't necessarily think we're going to get it, the fact that we're only a point off Chelsea at the moment. Also, I think gives you a measure of how far maybe I don't like using the word overachieved because it it doesn't feel like a fair reflection on it. The word overachieved tends to signify that maybe you don't deserve to be where you are. Um, maybe on paper, you wouldn't have expected us to be a point behind Chelsea um, as European champions, but it's a nice little measure of uh, how much we've improved over the course of the season and obviously being above United as well, I think, embodies that as, uh, as well. So, Yeah, I think that's almost the, the better comparison. At the start of the season, you'd have looked at Tottenham as sort of, if we'd finish, well, if you're being optimistic, would we finish fifth or sixth? Now we're looking, well, as I said, we've, going to finish above United, who we would have thought would have been levels ahead of us, and we're going to finish above, well, we could finish, potentially finish above Chelsea, who, I, for me, I had them down as uh, 
as favourites for the league after the first couple of games. So just shows the, the the progress we've made, even if other teams have maybe not been quite as good as, as they would have liked to have been. But I don't think we can we can delay any longer. Um we've got quite an important game on Thursday, haven't we? Uh Dad, just quickly for some some context in terms of how big of an Arsenal Tottenham game this is, how big of a North London derby. When would you say the last one with this much significance was? Probably the last time we got into the Champions League. I can't. That season when Leicester won the league, I can't remember exactly what happened that year, but it's probably around then. From the point of view that they didn't win the league. Um, previous to that, I've been honest, Matthew, you've thrown me a bit there. I can't remember one as significant as this for a very long time. And I think it's significant for both clubs. For them, it's probably keep Harry Kane, keep Conte, probably more keep Conte because he might actually have some money and he'll be in the Champions League. For us, it's who you can attract and and we've sort of found our way back a bit after a few years of being outside. So for both, for both, it's big. In In fairness to Tottenham, much as I dislike them, they've managed to get points out of both of the top two. They haven't lost to Liverpool. Haven't lost to Liverpool lost to or City. And taken six points off City. So, um, they didn't get any points off Chelsea, unlike us, they? No. no, they did lose to Chelsea a fair few times this season, it must be said. I'm trying to think how many times they lost to Chelsea this season. It was at least four. Four, yeah. How many games did they play against the Madeline? Four. Oh, that's nice. So, yeah, it's it's a big game. Just hope we can, because um, their crowd will be up for it. They'll be doing everything. you got to contain them, not get carried away, not get anyone sent off. So, we shall see. And they've actually got a centre-half who looks half-decent now. Yeah. I have to say that that Romero, from what I've seen of him, been been very impressed. He looks he looks right up there with one of the one of the best in the league. So did did well to get him. I think he was started off a bit bit shaky as he adapted to the league, but that's to be expected. And since then, he's looked very commanding and to sort of be the leader in that defence as well as he as he has been has been been pretty impressive. And probably speaks better English than Eric Dyer. So, um, we right. So, some some big questions for the game. It's gonna it's gonna be for for both of you. So, the first one is: Would we would we match up with Tottenham? Would we know they're gonna play a three at the back? 
And it's this sort of question we've asked loads of times. Oh, we shouldn't swap for other teams or we should swap for other teams. What would you do? Dad, let's start with you. I see you, you nodding your head there. I'd, I'd match him up. I know you love a bit of a fit at the back. So how would you? I do love a fit. It depends. If Ben, if ben White's fit, I'd, I'd go with a fit at the back. Obviously, if Ben White's not fit, you're not going to do it. You got no T and E. You 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 could play you could play Tommy potentially, but I don't think that would be a good idea. I I, I would if if Ben White's not fit, I'd be going four four two or a four three three, whichever way you want to do it. Okay, so say right. You've got everyone, well, Ben White fit. Obviously, we know Party, he's not going to yeah. be fit, and Tierney. So, you've got everyone fit. Are you going to have, so you're going to have Gabriel, Ben White, and Holding as your centre back. So, you're going to have as your wing backs. And that that's my bit. I'd, I'd probably actually leave Cedric at the right, on the right hand side. And I'd probably leave Tommy in there as well. I have a bit of a thing of. He, he might be able to contain some. Kane drops deep and plays the ball from deep. Son, Son plays on someone's shoulder and he's lightning quick. And I, Tom, Tommy's a steady player. He, he doesn't lose his head either. He seems quite calm no matter what. Um, Tavares. I also like Tommy in there because he's quite tall and like Cedric. So it gives you a bit more cover because they, they've got some big lumps. They've got you know, Kane who's good in the air. Dyer's a big lump. Romero's a big lump. Um, so I think you need a bit of... And Romero's quite a big lump as well. He also looks like he'd knife you. They they have liked a South American like that over the last oh, few yeah. years. And right, Madeline. Go on, sorry. And then they've got Hoybieg to referee the game for them. Go on, Madeline. Same question for you, Madeline. Free at the back or stick? Yeah, I would I would go with, with the free at the back purely based on the pressures on them. They're at home and they need three points. I would dearly, dearly love three points. In fact, some I did see a tweet that said, what was it? I mean, I can't vouch for it personally. It did say I would give my left testicle for Bukayo Saka to score the winner. And I thought, do you know what? If I had a left testicle, I would give my left testicle for Bukayo Saka to score the winner. So... No, I, I think I think the five at the back, Tommy Asu, stick with it. Obviously, if, if Ben White's fit, um, Tommy Asu at left wing back, Cedric at right right wing back. But as I say, Tommy Asu for me is following Son around the pitch. I don't care where he goes. If that means he has to walk in the Tottenham dressing room at half time, then so be it. Um, don't want him getting a disease. No, um, it's all right. Someone sent them a lasagna already. Um, I think 
I would, yeah, I would go for five, match them up, back yourselves. I'm trying to think who's who their wing backs would be. Um, Sessing Young and um, Romero, who actually, funnily enough, had a really good game. Not Romero. The best. Not um, Royale, sorry. Emerson Royale, Royale, yeah. Yeah, as I had, probably had the best game I've seen him play by distance yeah. against Liverpool because all the other times I've seen him this season, he's been shocking. So I'm, I I'm well, I'm fairly sure that is was a one off, but hopefully yeah. it was. I think, no disrespect, I think they're probably two wing backs you can get at. I think this is Sessignon's first North London derby. In my head, it's his first North London derby if he plays. And I'd be letting him know it's his first North London derby and what he's in for. Um, obviously, a meaty challenge from Cedric in the second minute. I'm sure he'll do wonders. Um, but yeah. start with the same intensity you started the home game. Yeah. Just let him know you're not there to be rolled around. And, yeah. Yep, quote from Mr. Xhaka this week. I think it was to a fan, actually, after the game. We'll do our talking on the pitch. So that is what we like to hear. Yeah. Hopefully that shows. Um, right, next question is, obviously, we like to we like to very much be, be in control of possession, bit of a press um, at times, push up, play out from the back. Tottenham very much like a counter-attack style that seems to be the only way they can have any success at all which fair play to them so with that in mind would we still be trying to implement our sort of style of play our way of playing or would we be tempted to say right you've got to win this come and come and play against us and we'll try and try and catch them on the counter-attack maybe Good question, a, I think. Go on, Madeline. I was going to say there's a dependent on how good a game Mohamed El Nenny wants to have. I'm sure he wants to have a very good game. He, on Thursday, is our most important player. Hands down. He's been excellent since he's come into the side. This is his early new contract they want to give you. Because if he can sit on Harry Kane, I mean, he's quite welcome to sit on him, but on his toes and not give him an inch of space and to an extent the same applies to Xhaka if Harry if Kane shifts slightly in position he dictates the way that you want to play that game because if you stop Kane getting the ball their counter-attack is 90% done because Kane can't turn and play that ball through to Son and then it becomes, how good a game is Tommy Asu going to have? I think, for me, I'm looking at three players, and I've already mentioned Elneny, I've mentioned Tommy Asu, and then your next one's Odegaard. It's how, though, how well those three play, for me, determines whether you win or not. Because, in, in answer to your question, by the way, I'm giving them the ball. Um, I'd I'd say to them, do you know what? Go on, you you play against us. I I back us to be able to withhold whatever they 
creativity they want to throw at us unless it's Kane. And if that means we have to defend for 90 minutes and try and catch them on the counter, a bit like they do to Liverpool, I think it just makes them think about something else. I've seen them play against Liverpool, I've seen them play against City, and I've watched Liverpool and City both try and control, well, have both controlled the games with the ball. And both, every time I've seen them, I've gone, Spurs could have won that game. Spurs could have won that game. And it's been down to some pretty good goalkeeping from either goalkeeper. Now, we've not kept a clean sheet in seven, something like that. One has to change. Two, you can't afford to go one nil down. Because if you go one nil down, that place will be bouncing and you then have to come on to them. You have to dictate the play without the ball the way that they do against City, against Liverpool, and make them think about having to do something different. If they're getting joy by having the ball and in the first 20 minutes you've gone, oh dear, they probably could have scored. We need to do something about this. That's when I'm looking at Xhaka. I'm looking at Odegaard to go, okay, how are you going to get control of this game and be the, the, the two players that take take a control of the game and start giving the ball to our wingers, whoever they may be, feeding the ball into the striker, making them think. Um, but for me, it... I, I'll give them the ball and they can show me. If, if do you know what, if their midfield three have the game of their lives and Hoybierg turns into prime Iniesta, whatever, you have to hold your hands up and go, they were better on the day. But you can't play into their hands because we tried that two years ago and Son absolutely leathered one in the top bin from I don't know how last far Last year out. that was. Was that last year? COVID yeah, year. Was, um covid and they had about 2000 fans in there oh yeah yeah yeah. and we had about 80 percent possession of the ball and at no point had any control of the game um that was jose wasn't it yeah it was uh so it for me give them the ball come on to us do what you want it's interesting actually Oh no, Jose would have been. I was going to say we might have had four managers the last time we played. Then be four in, four in five for for managers because it'll be the, the the first time we've come up against old Mister Conte as well. Well, at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. So that question for you, Dad: possession, control it, or let them dick. Well, not dictate, but I, I let would, them. I'm with Madeline. I. I'd sort of say that they are they are very very good playing on the break. Madeline's right. Kane drops deep. He picks the ball up because you don't know whether to go with him or not go with him. Ends up getting some space. He pings a ball. Son plays on someone's shoulder, and he's good. Very good. Yeah, he he doesn't miss many. He's lightning quick. He's annoying. He's got a soppy celebration. Um, but yeah, that's your meddling try. If you if you look at the games, Tottenham generally do well in. 
And if you look in recent years, they've actually done quite well for two or three seasons against City and Liverpool, both of them. And you look, and it's the other team who got the ball. And you, they play them on the break. For some reason, I don't know why it, it hasn't worked like that with Chelsea. I've absolutely no idea why. Three at the back, I reckon. Could Chelsea be. match them up, don't they? Yeah, could be, it could be that. I've not Plus really they sure. Do, they do tend to kick Kane a lot as well. Yeah, but it's all right when you don't get booked. You know, the first tackle Xhaka makes, he'll be booked, even if he wins the ball. So, yeah, um, it's a matter of keeping your head a bit. Keep your head. I think the other thing that maybe we, we've been able to, in recent years, you could focus on Kane and Son. Is it Kulisevsky? Yeah. Who's out on the other wing? Looks irritating, like Luke. Irritatingly, like quite a good signing. Um, he's only on loan. He's on loan. Yeah, I know, but he's still he's he's there for he's there for Thursday, whether he's on loan or whether he's permanent. Mm. Um, so I think that they they can't be too much focus on just marking Son because no. they'll exploit that, and out the other way they've gone. Um, so you just you just got to stay switched on, and as I say, just don't let Kane dictate the game because that's what he's done against Liverpool. That's what he's done against City. Um, the minute you let him get control, you may as well go home. Yeah. Unless your keeper's going to have the absolute game of his life. Um, well, he's the other one. I, I slightly he needs to keep nice and calm and yeah. keep everyone calm around him. Because you know they'll come out and close you down. They'll close him down. You've got to keep calm. Not Yeah, definitely. We will still play out from the back and that, that's fine. But that's, that is something that we need, need to be wary of. Right, OK. So that's match-ups for sort of them. Where, what about us then? Where, where can we get some joy and some success potentially? out on them wings and in that number 10 position um i don't and and this isn't a negative against eddie i don't know how eddie's gonna fare um no it's, it's a very good point we don't I'm know not, chelsea did chelsea play a four against us no they played a three did they play a three um and obviously he had, he had a pretty good game but um now, how Eddie will deal, I don't know. Obviously, we've said last week about uh, Saka and Smith Rowe, about them being a hail-end thing. I think maybe Eddie often gets overlooked in the fact that he's also come through the academy. Um, but that number 10 position, what Odegaard can create, if he can have a game like he did against Leeds, we could be looking... Uh, pretty decent evening um i can imagine hoybierg will take it our two wingers and odegaard in turns to kick one of them at either time um but you're you're gonna get your joys down your wings uh i actually thought sacco had 
was not a poor game. Didn't think it was one of his finest against Leeds. I think that uh, we just kept going down the left because that's yeah. where the that's where the joy. He should have done better of a shot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think, that's, I think we've got Which that is, ability to just play fine. down the wing where we're getting success now. Um, Gabby's performance has thrown my head into a bit of a spin as to who I'd play out on that wing um which I guess is what he's there to do um but now for me it's that's number 10 position what Odegaard can create um and how much you you always also probably know that Saka's still going to have two men on him whether that be an extra centre half which gives Eddie a bit more space or whether that be an extra midfielder, which gives Odegaard more space. Um, I think that's where your your success will be um, in... Is it breaking them down or just having chances and good chances at that, not, not half chances? Yeah, Dad, you almost forget that the home leg, one of the well, the home leg, the well, the home game, one of our key players was actually Mister Mister Abamyang. Um, yeah. Do you think that that maybe shows that Eddie will could, well could potentially have some joy, given that he's much more like Abamyang than Lacazette, obviously, who also does have a good record against them. Ironically, he does. Ironically, I've got a good record against them. Yeah. Um... I think I think games like this, half of it is confidence. And if you look at Eddie, he's got confidence. If you look at Lacazette, he hasn't got confidence. So I would tend to go with Eddie. I think he's got a little bit more pace, or quite a lot more pace. Lacker does a lot of things. Eddie's getting better at holding the ball, bringing others into play. But I think... I, I think I'd stick with Eddie just based on the fact he's he's got confidence and that's such an important thing. Neither of them are giants, you know, they're not going to tower above the centre half and thunder it in. But you can see Eddie's taking his shots early. Not afraid to have a shot from outside the box. A bit Harry Kane-like. So... Yeah, I'll stick with him. Stick with him. It's, you know, if you stick with Xhaka, El Nini, Odegaard, you've gone the three or the five at the back, whichever way you describe it. The three, I suppose. You've got the two. Two wing backs. Eddie, and, and would you play Saka? I probably would. Rather than Martinelli or Emil. And then maybe, you know, if it's going all right, you're in the game, bring one or both of them on. Martinelli running at somebody with 20 minutes to go. If you're still in the the game, could be quite interesting. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the most important thing to remember for us is that the pressure is all on them. If we win... That's it. Uh, we've 
come fourth at the worst. We've got the Champions League. If we draw, we're in a very strong position because then all we need to do is win a game against either Newcastle or Everton. And if we lose, we're still in the best position where we can, if we win our two games, then yep. we will we will do it. So obviously we don't want to lose, but the most important thing is that we go out there and play play with freedom like we have been doing recently and make sure it's up to them to sort of be be under the cosh, under the pressure of the of the situation and the, the context for the for the season. And of course when you're at home in a derby it's it's almost on you anyway. Yeah. But we shall see and we'll see see what happens and that will could determine a lot of things. So I think we'd all agree that we'd take a point now, but it would be it'd be lovely be lovely to win. <laughs> Not good to lose. Not good to lose, but we'd still be we'd still be in a better position. And we will see come Thursday. Now, Madeline, I understand that you've you've taken the duty of of doing a quiz for us. And um, we haven't had one of these in a while. Um, I'm not sure what it's on or how it's going to work. So I'll just hand, hand the floor to you. It's a um, Premier League North London derby quiz because football didn't exist before the Premier League. Um, slash 1971. That's the answer. Slash there's absolutely no stats available um, for anything prior to the Premier League because, as I say, football didn't exist before it. Um, I This took me about an hour. Oh, wow. Not that exams are in three weeks or anything. Um, so, yes. Well, I'm expecting a high standard here, Dad. Oh, There's no stats on anything. I had to do all the counting myself. I even had to get an Excel spreadsheet up. Oh, my God. Oh, well. Right, go Have on, Madeline. Is, right. is it a name? Is it a get, say your name? Or is it a... Um, we're both going to get a go at it. I'll, I'll give you both a go. Okay. Um... So, <clears throat> question one. In Premier League North London derbies, have there been more Arsenal wins, Tottenham wins or draws? Arsenal wins. I would say Arsenal wins as well. But that'd be a shame because you'd, you'd, you'd be wrong. Um, there's actually really? been more draws. More draws than times we've more beaten draws. this? Do a guess as to how many? Well, what are we in? We're in 2022. So... 16. Right. So logically, 59 games excluding... Does it? Is this just league games, yeah? Premier yeah, league. just league. I'll say 22. Actually, I might go slightly higher. I'll go, I'll go 26 draws. Matthew, I regret to inform you, you were very close, so you do get the point. Um, there's been 23, 23 North London derby draws. Um, do you know how many games Arsenal have won? North London derby in the Premier League, Arsenal have won? Again, I'll do whoever's closest gets the point. I'll go 
20. Well done. I'll go 21. Dad gets the point. It is 22. Oh, disaster. Tottenham have won a measly 14. Um, and only about two of them have been away. The North London derby, in my yeah. opinion, my humble opinion, also known as my correct opinion, um, is the best derby in England. Correct. It's well, in the Premier be... League, Villa, Birmingham, yeah, 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 yeah. Rangers, yeah. Celtic. Well, that's in Scotland, so that's oh, what I said. You in said England. in England, okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, MK Dons, Wimbledon. Oh, big derby. The MK Dons turnout was, I'm surprised they got them all in, to be honest. It's known for being a bit fiery. It's had the odd fight. Hashtag sit back down, he said. But I want to know, who has more North London derby red cards? In the Premier League era. I'd say we have. I say Tottenham have. Ding, ding, ding. It's another point for my well-esteemed brother. Yes. Tottenham have had more. But can you tell me how many? How many? Okay. So 60 games. I reckon... I've gone in the 20s again. I... No, I've, I think 19. One in three seems fair. I'm going to go 10, Madeline. Oh, and this time Kev has clinched the point from my brother. It's actually only eight. Only no, that was eight. my original thought as well. No Matthew, way. prior to about 2014, there actually wasn't many red cards in them. Arsenal have had just the six, so there's actually only been 14 red cards. Well, it had more red cards than any other fixture in Premier League history as well. It does. Sheesh, the Premier League's yeah. tamer than I thought. That's pathetic. We'll get proper football back. Um, And I'm sort of looking at Dad more here. Anyone got any idea who got the first... Red card in the North London derby. Okay. When I find in the, if it's a Tottenham player, we've got no chance. It's it's not a Tottenham player. It's not a Tottenham player. Okay. I'm gonna go Vieira. I'm gonna go Martin Keown. It is Stefan Schwartz. Oh. I mean, quite how you didn't get it, I don't know. I've heard of him as well. Some might call him an Arsenal legend. He managed to get two yellow cards in the 90th minute. Oh, nice. There's obviously a bit of a punch-up. Yeah. What we love to see, obviously. Um, now, you slightly ruined this question earlier, but who in the current Arsenal squad has the most North London derby goals? Aubameyang. Oh, in the squad? Matthew, did you just come up with a Aubameyang? I didn't hear in the squad. In the um, squad. Jeez, Lacazette. It's got to be Lacazette. Easy. That... Academy goals don't count. It's not Eddie Nketiah. I'd have to say, it, to me, it would be Lacazette. It, it has to be Lacazette. Because other than that, it'll be Smith Rowe and Saka. They will be the only ones. Correct. Good knowledge from you. Unfortunately, you don't get a point for that. No. Well, How many goals has he scored? 
Oh, okay. I'm making Dad Ooh. answer this one first. Five. Four. Matthew, big dub from you there. Bang Four on. goals yeah. that is scored. There was one in the 4-2. Yep. Um, one in the one we lost in COVID. Where and belter. belter, yeah. Yeah. One, the penalty from last year. And he scored in a 2-0 win at home. Him and Sanchez scored, I believe. Good, good knowledge from you. From a Mustafi flick on, if I remember correctly. Oh. Oh, did Mustafi end? score? And... I've got yeah. a feeling it might have been Mustafi came and away from the North London derby with a goal yeah. and an assist. Now, we all know, um, you know, we all dread it before derby day. Harry Kane, oh. tearing down the left wing, and always oh, been shot by a sniper. And naturally, when Mike Dean is the referee, we all know what's happening. Tottenham have got a penalty. Sorry, just preparing for Thursday. Harry Kane is known to be the top goal scorer in North London derby history. How many penalties has he scored? Oh, I thought you were going to ask who, me this, who the second is, and it's out of by your. Because everyone thinks it's Henri. How many penalties? Oh, God. How many penalties has former junior gunner Harry Kane scored for Tottenham? I'm, I'm going to guess five again. I'm going to go four again. It is five. Big Kev oh, wow. takes the point there. Wow. Five. And. I was getting I was getting a bit concerned because he, he he went a while before he scored one and then when he scored one they kept giving him them. And obviously, as Matthew just mentioned, Manuel Adebayor, second highest goal scorer in North London derbies, played for both sides. As a question, a lot of people think Thierry Henry has scored lots of North London derby goals. He yes. scored a few. A few harsh actually. He scored some special ones, but of that invincible team that was full of such glittering superstars. Yeah, I know what this question is. <laughs> it wasn't Thierry Henry that scored the most. Matthew. <laughs> it was Robert Pires. Matthew. But I want to know. Matthew. How many did Robert Pires score with his left foot? I'm oh joking. my god! I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. How many did Robert Perez score? I believe it's eight. And I was going to go seven. Well, and on that, Matthew clinches it from the grass of his father. Bobby Bear will be killing Dad in his sleep later tonight. It was eight goals Robert Pirro scored in North London derbies. What a baller. And that is the end of my North London derby quiz. I knew it was even going to be how many, how many goals has Pires scored or who else scored in 2004? Because Pires scored and Vieira scored. Vieira, that Venga, sliding Venga one. Ball goal, yeah. Yeah. Well, That's, thank you very much for that, Madden. That was, that, I that, hope that was, that was entertaining. Fantastic. Not just because I, I won. Master. 
I would. I'd like you to do some more of them, but I'm also oh. not sure because I've now got 100% win record on I'll quizzes. So more, don't you worry. It's, we, I've we, not got a degree to study for. So. We we can we maybe take it in turns, but yeah, very good. We like we do like a a good quiz. Yes. So thank you very much for that. That's helped um, ease the nerves slightly. I keep and my heart keeps beating every time I hear the words Thursday or North London Derby or anything now. Currently, so thank you for that. And that's just about going to do it for us. We will, if you don't, well, I'm sure anyone that's listening will watch the game, but if you won't, you will only need to listen to about 10 seconds of next week's episode to know how it went. And we will be back then. Dad's got his hands on his head. He's he's nervous thinking about it already. But thank you for joining me, uh, you two. Uh, thank you. Thank hopefully. you. Some of the tactics there we might see Arteta use and we can take some credit for next week, which would be which would be it's nice. It's okay, he definitely listens to the podcast because I told he does. him to start and... well. So thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back with next week's episode next week. <laughs> see you then. Goodbye.